It's Thursday, August 25th, and welcome to the Perfect Strangers podcast. I, of course, am your host, Furby Montano, and hey, thank you for joining me today. It is the last show of August. Wow, that's crazy. Summer's coming to, well, not quite coming to a close, but getting pretty close. And we are sending August out in style with my guest today, Zena Coda. Now, Zena is an all-around entertainer. She's been in the entertainment industry for a long time. Uh, she actually has her own podcast out called Everything's Political. It's a fantastic show. Uh, it's not just a politically driven show. It shows how everything in life can be political, from actual politics to getting your kids into daycare to everything in between. And I've been a big fan of Xena for a very long time now. Uh, she was actually one of my favorite hosts back on XM Radio for the Liquid Metal channel. And I connected with her on Facebook years ago, and we've just sort of stayed in touch since then, sort of off and on. And it's been fantastic watching her through the years become this woman who has just taken life by the fucking horns. And she's a badass, dude. I love... I, I, Thoroughly enjoyed talking to Zena. I hope you enjoyed listening to her because she is awesome. And like I said, she's a badass. So I'm not going to waste any more of your time. But ladies and gentlemen, Zena Coda. And thank you so much for listening. We are here with Zena Coda. How are you? Um, I'm alive. It's been a long month of Asian shit that I've been doing. <laughs> what, what do you mean? How, Asian shit? What, is, what do you mean? It is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. That's true. Um, and I run an Asian American nonprofit. So, you know, I've been doing the road show, trying to get some donations, get it, get us where we need to go. But, um, you know, I overschedule myself pretty consistently. Hey, don't we all? <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Though. What, uh, what do you do for the, you run the nonprofit, you said? I co-founded it. Yeah, actually. Ooh, that's awesome. I, you know, wanted to take all the years of my blood, sweat, and tears working in the music industry and uh, impart some knowledge on the youth so they don't fuck up as much. No, I'm kidding. Um, You know, no, I actually started with two other Asian American women. I'm Filipino and my partners are Korean. Um, And we've all worked in the music industry in some way, shape, or form for the last 15, 20 years, some even more. Um, And we wanted to just like give back to the community and like, we didn't see people like us growing up and you know because you know me from my time in serious like there's absolutely no asians or people of color other jose is an anomaly i think for in the rock world absolute anomaly but you know he it, like he does cater to the needs of the white folks <laughs> so it's like it, it's a little bit different you know there just aren't people who talk like me who looked like me in that space at all right and then i worked in hip-hop and it was the same shit. So me and my partner saw a need for that. And it was really cool to see that there is like this huge community that was looking for it. And over the last two years, we've just built a brick by brick. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, dude. Congratulations. That's that's like, that's super, that's super cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I I, I totally know what you mean. Um, I'm obviously not Asian, but I'm Hispanic. <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, man, being like Mexican American, it's weird. I actually had um, two guys on a couple of weeks ago. They own a clothing company that's dedicated to like Mexican American heritage and like our oh movies. nice. Yeah, it's like our movies, like Selena and Blood and Blood Out and stuff like that. Which like outside of like a select group of people that I know and grew up with, nobody has ever heard of like that media ever. <laughs> to sing it like on shirts i'm like holy shit this is so awesome i can wear like blood in blood out shirts and stuff so just that like representation outside of your small community is is fucking huge that's awesome oh come to la man <laughs> this is the mecca <laughs> there's all kinds of amazing cool already artsy oh shit let me turn off let me turn off my slack welcome to the <laughs> welcome to 2022 guys sorry about that um yeah, I feel like there's like constant communication, it never ends. Um, yeah, actually, LA's got a really lit like Mexican scene and really oh, yeah. like super artistic. You know, it takes a lot of notes from like Mexico City and like I don't know. It's been it's been cool because I'm like a sad girl at heart, um, <laughs> and I feel like Filipinos and Mexicans have a lot of parallels in the way that we we are raised and that we come up very religious, right? Like, uh, no, never. Filipinos and Mexicans don't have anything in common. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> way too much in common. Uh, so it's cool, like living in LA again, kind of seeing that. But yeah, I hear you, man. Representation matters for sure. I think you actually moved to LA right as I was leaving LA. So I lived there for about three years. And oh, uh, were you? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, tw- it was a long time ago. I think tw- 2009 to 2012, uh, I was in LA and then uh, moved to Austin. And then now I'm in Florida. So <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of moved east little little by little. Do it, doing, uh, doing the crazy state tour, huh? <laughs> pretty much yeah I, I just went all around i-10 and just picked up every nutbag along the way that, that's mm. kind of what i was doing <laughs> nice well you know florida's pretty lit i actually i was just watching the xxx passion <laughs> documentary that came out on hulu and it, it is so florida actually it's like really interesting to watch from afar because i i've always been to florida because i'm from the east coast sure. but uh florida's got such a distinct culture it's really like when you watch it, you're like, man, that's Florida as fuck, you know? Dude, I didn't understand what people meant by that until I moved here. Holy shit, I get it now. Yeah. And I I bought a pair of pink shorts, which that's the most Florida thing I've ever done in my life. Like nah. I have a pair of like pink shorts that I wear on the regular and like, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, I think I'm a Florida guy now. Live not, your truth. Hey, man, what can I say? I didn't vote for Trump, so that's a good part of me. That's not Florida, I guess. Well, we wouldn't be talking. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> we probably wouldn't be talking. I'm a little too woke for the Trump lovers. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's fucking weird, right? Like how many people just came out of the woodwork, like all of a sudden? A lot of my friends, see, like I'm from Jersey, right? And Jersey's really interesting because yes, we're very liberal by virtue of being close to New York. And by the way, wherever there's money, there's conservatism, right? Like there's always going to be conservatism and money's involved. But, um, you know, I had a bunch of friends that crawled out of the woodwork as like hardcore Trump supporters. And I'm like, what (laughs) out of where, like, when did you even give a shit about politics? That was the, that was the funniest part. I'm like, only when it's Hollywood politics, are you like down for it? You know, like, uh, I know it was really crazy to see some of those friendships end as well because uh you know and it, and i hate to say it like that because i am definitely i'm i'm very i'm liberal but i have some more conservative principles that i've like been curious to or loved in the past right and i just think that it's okay like people are multifaceted it wasn't such like a polarizing thing back in the day right like no not at all 
and, and you were allowed to have like specific values that may adhere to you, but like the religious piece just bumped it up 20 notches and just like heightened the political, like the political views and just really com- completely polarized people to the point where you, it didn't feel even like, right. <laughs> you know, like being, being supportive of people who had different thoughts because they were so extremely different. And so like alienating to one another. And I mean, woke people are rough too. Oh, <laughs> There's dude, a lot. I, I gotta be honest. I, I can actually deal with like the Trumpers way easier than I can the insanely woke people. Cause, I can understand. Yeah, because the, the Trump, I mean, number one, I'm from New Mexico. I'm from Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's like woke central, dude. Like it's, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I understand that woke mentality. I grew up with it. But conservatives that are like way Trumpy, at least they're throwing it out there like, this is what I am. Um, this, you can choose to like me or hate me. There you go. They're going to be loud about it and they're going to be obnoxious, of course, but you know where they stand. Woke people, I never know. I always, feel, I always feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Like, what are they going to, you know, for lack of a better term, what are they going to try to cancel me for? Because I fucked up by saying this, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. I think that with, with all things, it goes to extreme either way. Right. And it, it can be really humorous at times for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw on TikTok, I posted, I, I like, am so tired of getting the barrage of like democratic 911 emails of like, Hey, it's Nancy. We need five dollars, or democracy is gonna absolutely die. And I'm like, holy shit, this tactic is tired, guys. You you gotta revamp some of this digital marketing within the digital uh, within the Democratic Party because it's just like over the top, you know. But I mean, honestly, a lot of fucked up things are happening in the world, and especially in the United States these days. And it's just crazy. Like we're we're just like living through the most wild time. And I'm sure you know we. There will I'm gonna cross my fingers actually because I'm sure that there will be crazier that happens in the future. Yeah. Um, but it's nuts to live through this time, and you kind of gotta laugh because if you don't laugh at it, then you're just gonna go fucking crazy trying to like make sense of it all, you know? Well, it's it's weird living through like a history book point in time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like like 50 years from now, they're gonna be like, okay, the 2020s were fucked up. Let me tell you how, and then. We'll start at the pandemic and then who knows what the fuck's going to happen at the end of it. But it, yeah, dude, it's, it's fucking wild. Like I had no idea people were so like crazy, I guess is the best way to put it. I'm sympathetic I, too, because of like what happened to us, right? Like in some ways, like I, I think this was an inevitability, right? Like when you're sitting in a house in, in a fashion that you have never had globally, before like it is just like an incubator for crazy shit to pop off right like no matter what like people are just going through their own psychological shit and I actually have there were a lot of people that I knew of during the pandemic like the height of the pandemic who just committed suicide and I mean not to be like but like I knew a bunch of people who did which was honestly very shocking to me because they were not in bad like to me the height of their careers and it seemed like they had their shit together but I think like it amplified a lot of loneliness and insecurities that a lot of people just were not ready to face right like there was no warning sign for this see I think the the problem with the pandemic is so many people attached what they do for a career to their self-worth and their identity Mm -hmm. and I think so many people when they either a unfortunately lost their job or b were displaced from their job and had to do it from home and they didn't have that sense of camaraderie that they get in an office 
it drove a lot of people nuts. Like, yeah, me, me, I was the opposite. I actually thrived. I know that sounds fucked up to say it took a pandemic for me to thrive, but it's true. I, I worked from home and like, I really didn't like being around people. I learned that like, I'm never going to go to an office again if I can avoid it. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, it was a very good thing for me. It helped me detach from people and, and sort of like find me again, which was super cool. Now it's a, again, it's unfortunate. It took that for that to happen, but I'm in a very weird way, happy it did personally. And, and like, like, you know, like from a very selfish standpoint, I'm not happy that the pandemic happened, but I'm no, I get it. To take advantage of it. You know, no, I, mean? I totally get it. It's a fortunate byproduct of it. Right. Like exactly. there are, there were some silver linings, like it revolutionized the way that a lot of a lot of employers viewed work, right? Like, cause everybody was so granny panties about having to come to the office and like be on time. I mean, I worked at a fucking record label. Like, listen how crazy this is. Like at a major record label and we would, so many dings left and right. The computer's like always popping off. Um, so if you're hearing this, just listen to all the communication vehicles that are hitting me up. Um, but you know, I worked at a major record label where we're out with rappers all night long, you know, smoking blunts, drinking, expensing strip clubs. And we're expected to be in the office at 9 a.m. the next morning. And I ran a team of, I don't want to say kids, but younger, younger folks, right? Like uh, later Gen Zs and, and uh, super, super on the other spectrum of millennials. I don't know. I'm like an elder millennial. So I'm like, what are they, uh, like nascent millennials. <laughs> I have no Z, clue. But Z Zillennials, I think they call Zillennials, yeah, the, yeah. The crossover bitches. Um them. but yeah. you know, we were expected to be in the fucking office at nine o'clock in the morning. And I lived, I was working in New York City and I lived in Jersey City. And I'm like, this is insane. I'm like literally exhausted from commuting and doing all the shit. And it's like unfair, actually. Yeah. So once the pandemic hit, I mean, I left the company. Um, thankfully, whew, thankfully, because I can't even imagine the, the melee of all these artists, like I was heading up digital, like mm. these artists pivoting their whole careers to digital, I would have lost my fucking mind. But, um, you know, when I left, I, you know, I know that they were, they're still now back at the office and it's wild to me. It's like, why I too, like you at first kind of grappled with like wanting a little bit of that, like, like bullshit time, like the water cooler talk. But now I'm like, I love having agency over my time like yeah. fuck yeah as a creative too it's like i can actually like segment my time in a way that's like more productive frankly like and i don't mind going in here and there you know like i fly to denver for work once a month and when i need to show up at seven in the morning i'm there if i need to be somewhere seven at night i'm there but if i need to like go out for a few hours in the middle of the day i go do it right like so I, it definitely is the silver lining of like this weird last three years that we've been in <laughs> autonomy over your time. Like it's, it's wild how much it's done for not only my, but my fiance, her mental health too. Like being able, like you said, to just like, Hey, I cannot do this right now. I'm going to go lay down for an hour or I'm going to go play with my dog for 20 minutes and, mm -hmm. and being able to do that. It's like, okay, I can reset, get back in a mind frame. Like, okay, now I can focus on whatever I had to do. And it's, you'd lost 20 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever. You don't have to sit there with some people you don't care about. You don't want to be around and hear them talk about like, oh, well, my son got honor. Like, I don't give a fuck about your son. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, no offense. I don't care about your son. <laughs> yeah. I, it was, 
Yeah, you, you get where I'm coming from. Yeah, or close your office. I mean, I used to have an office, so all the kids on my team would like close the door and cry to me, or like we'd, we'd all like oh, low key nap, <laughs> low key nap, like we did, were hungover. Or, you know, I just think you're right. Like, it's cool to hear that your fiance like is like optimizing that time because I don't think a yeah. lot of people have ever envisioned what life would be like with this kind of autonomy, you know? And yeah. it's it's rad, right? Like, and and I think that a lot of people will roll back on it because people are fucking scared and distrusting of their employees. But I actually think that the companies that are, that will continue to leverage that level of autonomy and empowerment are going to, are going to excel because people are going to want to stay there and enjoy the time that they're there and leverage their time like even more. So agreed. Some good things in there. Yeah, I, I applied for a job out here, which uh Florida's weird because there's some parts where it's super like I live in Orlando, so it's not like you know, backwoods Florida. Disney um, World. <laughs> yeah, dude, I live 10 minutes away. Um, but yeah, so the, what was I gonna say? I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, oh yeah, so some places are like super forward thinking and like that, like, yeah, you can work from home, whatever, work-life balance, whatever. And then the other side is like the boomers who have been here. 30 years and they're not, no, absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. you need to come in every day. You need to wear a suit, a three a jacket, a tie, like fuck all that, dude. I'm not doing that shit. I'm not doing that. I'm shit. learning from Gen Z. Let me tell you yeah, right now, like, right. Fuck yeah. Gen Z. First of all, I wasted all this time trying to, I mean, you know, being a media personality and like doing that work. Like when I started on serious, I was like, it was like 2008. 2007 or 2008. I can't even remember at this point. And it was serious. It wasn't serious XM. And during that time, like very quickly, I was like, well, I want to do on-camera stuff, right? And start getting into that world. And it was like an actual job, right? <laughs> and it wasn't like a job for like washed up actors. It was like a job that like, if you could get, if you could crack through, you could get that job, right? And it's incredible within that time, how much YouTube completely changed what you could do, like, and how you can monetize your life. And with Gen Z, like just kind of looking at the trajectory of like, well, you know, could audition and then get a job here, get a job there. It's like these kids basically are in charge of their own destiny. And like, people are just going to stop applying for jobs. That's literally what's going to happen. Like, I mean, I do always think that there's going to be people who are like, more comfortable with, with knowing where their check comes from and infrastructure. But then like, we've always had entrepreneurs, right? There's always been people who are like, fuck this. I'm working for myself. I don't want a boss. Right. And that's going to accelerate even more because we have the media channels to actually monetize on. And it's sick. I wish I was born like later. <laughs> um, I would love to, to reap the benefits of that. But I mean, you know, I think the cool thing is like, you also don't need to be 21 all the time anymore. No, you don't. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I, I felt I, I as a dude who like presents as like a twenty five year old a lot of the time because most people yeah. are like, you're over thirty, not to toot my own horn, but um no like yeah I know what you mean when I hit thirty I was like what the fuck dude what am I supposed to do I can't be doing this bullshit anymore I'm on TikTok what the fuck is TikTok you know whatever and I'm like dude fuck it who cares man no one cares this is a market for everything there is. Yeah, I'm no sorry. I, I think I interrupted you as, as you were talking. No, literally no one cares. But no, but you're right. Like literally no one cares anymore. And that's the cool thing. But it's a lot of work. I think, I think what people have come to realize is that, you know, because you're posting all the time, I go through my bouts and I'm just really talking about my IVF journey because it's the easiest thing for me to like center myself around, you know, but 
I mean, I, I did it for so long that now I'm like low key burnt out. Right. Like after doing it for years and like being a journalist or just like, okay, I put a lot of my life out there already. Do I have to tell a new generation of people <laughs> like who I am? But, you know, I mean, I guess like whenever I get the fire and heat for it again, like the power is there and it's fucking awesome that people can do that. You know, dude, I totally agree. And then like the fact that people are so when I was 20, because I'm, I'm 33 now, I'm about to be 34 in July. When I was like 20, 21, there was YouTube and shit like that, but it was so like manufactured. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then as like Instagram came, it was like, it was like high school. It was like, you see these people who are absolutely beautiful, but they're all touched up. You see the best parts of their lives, whatever. Fuck all those people. I don't like them. Yeah. So then TikTok came along and I was like, okay, I can fuck with this app. This is people just being like stupid. And this is exactly mm-hmm. what I want to do. Like I used to put videos like that on fucking MySpace back in the day when they allowed. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I would do stupid shit like that all the time. So I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. TikTok. This is where it's at. And the fact that like Gen Z is so like, comfortable with being authentically themselves i'm like dude thank you guys finally totally someone gets it and not wearing makeup and just appearing as they are like i love that so much because i think like everyone's kind of imperfect right and when you you're right like you know what what always comes to mind i i admittedly love watching the kardashians because i'm just i don't even know why i just like that family fascinates me how fucking ridiculous they are and i was looking together yeah, very entertaining. And they're like, you know, they have cute bags and shit. Like as a woman, I'm like, oh, I want to look at this. And I was watching Kardashians the other day and I was looking at Kylie Jenner. I'm like, oh my God, she looks fucking comical, like in person, right? Like yeah. in, she looks ridiculous. Like she's obviously had tons of work done. She just doesn't look like naturally beautiful. And then you see the other one, um, the fuck's her name? Kendall, I think her name. She's like naturally really beautiful. Yeah actually like and she doesn't do a lot with her like she's very like kind of tomboyish which is cool mm-hmm. and i'm i'm just looking at this and i'm like man it's so interesting like how much people do to make themselves look picture perfect yeah yeah but why it actually doesn't look beautiful <laughs> it, was, it doesn't look beautiful in reality right like well, well there was actually a study i read i read i can't remember for the life of me now i'll, I'll send it to you when i find it again um, but they were saying there's a biological reason why that looks weird to us. It's because it's number one, not natural. Yeah. So when you're, the face is like that symmetrical, it looks fucking weird to us as humans. Cause we're like trying to figure out in, instinct or animalistically, like what the fuck is wrong with you? What's going on with your, you, you shouldn't look like that. What's, what's going mm-hmm. on. It, we almost look at it like a deformity for lack of a better term. Yeah. 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 No, I, I feel, I mean, if you got the money to make you make you look perfect, like cool for you. But I, I do, I definitely think that there is, that's the beauty of a, a platform like TikTok. Like people can just be them. They can show any, any weirdo or anybody who's got an issue like you have, you can find that person in the world on the platform. And I'm an evangelist for it, especially because I work in the digital space. Like, yes, areas can be toxic, but people are toxic. Like there was, a, you know, back in the day, there was a wash woman talking shit right in the middle of the town. So like people have always been critical and mean, it mean spirited in, in some ways. And yes, the, the internet amplifies it. And yes, people are fucking affected by it. But like, also like these generation of kids have grown up with the internet, right? Like they don't know any differently. So of course we're hypercritical. Cause I remember a time where there wasn't an internet and maybe like you're on the cusp, right? Like I, 
I barely evaded that. Like the, the internet has pretty much been a big part of my life, my entire life. Right. Like yeah, same, only same. in like very early grade school. So it's been around forever, but I don't know. I, I just think like, it's weird. Like the internet connects everything, like connected us. Right. Like, sure. But it's also a pain in the ass. <laughs> See, I, I've always found that there's a there's a cutoff year, and it's gonna sound stupid because it's very like linear. 1990. So I was born in 88. I can tell when someone is born in the 90s or when someone is born in the 80s, because people that were born in the 90s, even 1990, they were like in fourth grade, fifth grade when social media became a thing. So they mm. were literally young enough to be able to be like, okay, this is what social media is, and conceptualize it, and it just be a normal thing. Or like me in 88, I was in junior high. So being in junior high, obviously that's when, you know, your body's going through a lot of changes and you're becoming an adult for lack of, you know, quote unquote, and you start being hypercritical of yourself. And that's when social media came out. So online bullying became a thing and getting the perfect picture became a thing and all that right at junior high, like 88, 89, where 90, they were still in elementary. So it wasn't as big of an issue then. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I've watched all the social media documentaries and I don't envy kids who have grown up in this. Like, it, it's interesting because like, I, I work with a lot of them. I really am curious what a lot of them yeah. are thinking and like how, what their behaviors are like. And it's funny, like they do, a lot of them display these personas online and then you get them in a room and they're like super shy in reserves. Right. Like, and they don't know how to pop out of that. And it's crazy. It's like, uh, like, I don't, I, it's also TBD, right? Like to, right. to know whether or not like it's been good or bad, this experiment we call life at the stage of the game. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, but either way it's happening. So we fucking, we do it every day. <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see like the whole metaverse thing that they're trying to do now. I have a really weird feeling it's going to work out and I'm not looking forward to that shit. It, like, yeah, it definitely is going to work out. Like it's not, it's not if it is working out, right? Like fair, it's at fair. the point where it's somewhat of, somewhat of like consumer. All right. We're just at a consumer consciousness right now, which means like, it's going to take a while to get to mass consumption, right? Like we're not quite there. Facebook's going to try with meta and it sucks. So no one's going to give a shit. Like <laughs> it's not sexy enough. Right. But somebody's going to come in with a solution that makes it more viable. And I do think like, it's felt a bit, you know, for people who aren't really as invested in that space, it's felt a bit like uh, comical, especially if you're older, it's going to feel comical, right? But kids are used to playing in avatars, right? Through yep. video games, through like, you know, Bitmoji and through Snapchat and kind of like other like mechanisms like that. So I think it's, I think it's going to continue to maturate and it's going to definitely like start to just kind of creep into different spaces, right? Because there are some cool, it helps masses of people gather, Yep. You know, there are, they, it helps like the whole, and that, that's like a, an offspin of like web three and direct to consumer and like mm -hmm. people making their own fucking money and like actually being able to like finance themselves and people not, you know, it, it goes to that whole principle of decentralization and like getting the government out of the fucking picture, which is like, poof. You know, who knows? The government's a fucking shit show too. Anyway, right now, so do we really need them in the picture right now? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it'll. I think it'll work out. But you know, like all things, it's going to be bumpy, right? Like it seems crazy that people would do MySpace or Friendster or Facebook back in the day or use it for business, right? Like 
And here we are. It's like Facebook's one of the biggest conglomerates of media money. It's true. So it's like, uh, it's possible. And, and the digital acceleration, technological acceleration is going to completely like take off. I think, and honestly, the pandemic, again, back to the panty, yeah. it, um, it accelerated it pretty quick. So I, I love that shit, honestly, like, and I am not like a video game nerd or somebody who's, you know, really been into this like virtual reality, but I actually think it's extremely important to dream in a different world, you know, like, so I'm, I, I don't know. What are, what's your thoughts? Are you into that? You're into the meta? Uh, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, number one, I cannot wait to go to a meta strip club. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You could do that right now. I'm sure somewhere it exists. Sure. Actually, that's a really smart idea. Right? Open up just the meta. I don't even have a clever title for it, but yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> be weird, but yeah. Um, no, I, I, I have very mixed feelings because I can see like how it's it's the logical next step in social media and and because you think about it, like you and I, we've never met in person. We've been friends on some sort of social media for a long time like literally years now which is crazy because you and but that's I like know each other that's also so, like not special right like i feel right, like a lot right. of people have met that way but, but if you told someone that 20 years ago or 20 30 years ago like hey you're gonna have people that you know intimate details of their lives and you're never gonna meet them probably <laughs> in your whole life like that would be fucking crazy well, when you put it that way, yeah, for sure. You know, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like you, you, you said like you do videos on your IVF treatment. I would have never known that about you outside of social. You know what I mean? Like that's totally. It's wild. It's wild. Like, why we would we talk that. about that, right? But it, but it's something you output to the world, right? Yeah, for sure. So so from that aspect, I see it being the next logical step where okay, now you can go quote unquote hang out with your friends and actually do things in this electronic universe that exists, yeah, on a screen, but it's not the same, it's not just texting them or having a Zoom call with them or anything. It's it's actually making memories with them doing shit that feels like a physical thing. So I see mm-hmm. that aspect of it. I do worry because it does get a little matrixy, you know, where, <laughs> where, where I could see it going real bad not real fast, but, you know, fast forward 300 years if the planet's still around. Could it be where everyone's just doing that? I don't know, you know? Could you have people that just, they don't interact with people ever? Like, they just, like, go to the bathroom, eat, and then get back, and that's their schooling. That's their work. That's everything. Everything takes place on this computer. That's a little freaky to me. Which, that's a little, like, tinfoil hat, but it's not that far-fetched either. Well, the good news is we'll all be dead. You and I will definitely be dead. So, (laughs) No, I I'm busting your ass, but yeah, for sure. Like I, I get it. Like, and I think the reason it's the reason we fear it a bit is because we know, we know a more analog world. Right. And I'll, there are nuances to living in an analog world that like I'm nostalgic for. Right. Like I always used to talk about the shit when I was like, you know, on the radio and like, especially when it comes to like rock music, like I grew up in the hood as like an ethic person who like didn't have access to like rock music like that. Like I would go to shows here and there, but like Mm. I learned about it from the radio. Right. And listening to the radio. And 
how was I going to get that music? Cause I was poor and I was like fucking trying to hit, listen to these tracks. I would call up, I would record the fucking song that I heard that I wanted to hear. Then I call up again. And then you just kind of like record and then go back. If no good songs came on and erase everything you just recorded. <laughs> like kids today, that is unfathomable. Like you would do that, do something like that. Cause you didn't have the access to information you wanted on demand. Right. And I actually think like it made you have to really research and build an emotional and passionate affinity for things in a different way. Right. And like, you know, I was in a band for 15 years. If I wanted to book a show or learn who were like the cool bands in, in the area, you'd like go to the board at guitar center. Yeah. Yeah. You'd go to shows and like, Hey man, after the show, like it was so weird. And now it's like, people discover each other online and have it, have a network of different social networks like bandits in town and all these different places where they can discover other acts. So it's like, I guess for me, that analog ability is, is just so endearing because it required real work and intent in a way that now it's like any asshole can learn about an area of life within like an afternoon. Right. See, I even think about it in more simple terms, like think about learning, to play an instrument like me i'm a guitar player i'm a singer i learned at a time when like tabs were new but i learned when i was younger where i would like stop like slow down the record and like hear what they were doing and then i'd be Mm -hmm. like huh okay and then i'd try to play it like that's how i learned how to play i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i just knew oh this note (laughs) does that so that's not a thing anymore now you can just go on youtube and be like how do i play that okay cool Got it. Got it. Like it's totally, you know, it, it's someone just showing you it's, it's like very instant, like you said, very instant gratification. So there's, there's not that, like, I, I hate to use the word tenacity, but I guess that's the best word to use. Um, tenacity to like, want to learn what you're looking to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 For sure. I don't know. It's, um, I also kind of like, again, I'm excited by Gen Z and the younger generation because I, I'm also like, these kids are machines. <laughs> like they have access to the world at their fingertips globally, right? And I mean, I, I get it. Like innocence, good or bad, whatever. But no matter what, this is the world they're growing up in, right? Like, so it doesn't matter. But being able to access information at that level and just like difference of opinion too, like think of the forums, like Reddit, right? Like other places where you can see like, thought out debates, some stupid debates, obviously, but like actual good information sometimes. And I'm always kind of surprised that like, there are a lot of people still really thinking critically, which I think is dope, right? Like, it's nice to see that people actually still give a shit. So who knows? I just want to go to an island. (laughs) I think people think critically more so now than they ever have. It's just totally too critically. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's almost to a detriment because then people get too into what they're into and then all of a sudden they end up on the wrong side of whatever they're on getting with too many people who think like they like they think and they just form this bubble and they think like like for instance i lived in louisiana when trump was elected you lived everywhere at this point dude i yeah texas louisiana florida yeah (laughs) but I, i was living in new orleans uh my fiance was in law school so um obviously i was in a country band i was in a lot of bands there but i was in a country band was my main thing and we would go to these little ass towns middle of nowhere louisiana where i was the darkest person you could think and i'm not very dark Mm. uh, 
yeah, dude, like all you would see is Trump shit everywhere. So I totally get when I hear people say like, I have no idea how Biden won, or I have no idea how Democrats do anything because in those bubbles, it doesn't exist. Yeah, no, totally. has that. So yeah, it's, it's weird how people can just be caught in their little bubbles, even online. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Not to keep spinning it back to politics. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, and I, I mean, my podcast, everything's political. I, like, I, I, it's, it's interesting because I spent so much of my time early on in my career. I kind of fell into music journalism, a because I was a musician and I fucking love music, and it seemed like what else would I talk about at in my early twenties other than music? Being in a band, working at a record label, like uh, it's like you know in some ways, like it was a natural progression, but like politics and civics and like thinking about the world has honestly like always been kind of at the center. My mom worked for the UN for 25 years. And like when she immigrated from the Philippines, like, you know, my mom was very, she went to, she lived in Egypt for a while and she did a mission. They do like missions there. Um, So like growing up, it was always something that like was embedded in me, like world politics and like, you know, just geopolitical issues. And then when I met my husband, actually, his family is very entrenched in politics. His dad was the comptroller in the Bush administration. Um, and like, they're like DC people. <laughs> so it's it's gotten worse, I would say, like as as my marriage and my relationship is, as waged on, but it, it was a natural thing for me because like, we should give a shit about what's going on around us, right? And we should be compassionate, but we should also like, be aware and care and research and think and like converse about these things. Right. Like too many people are just like adamantly in their ways and not actually like critically thinking or chatting through things. And, you know, that's when a real breakthroughs happen. Like when you actually just have cool conversations and somebody makes you think about a opinion you have, and maybe, you know, about changing that opinion. And I think that that's, that's the real work when everyone's like, do the work and do all these things. Well, you know, go out and make a friend that's not white. <laughs> like I, some of these movements crack me up because it's like, you know, I, it's always the most like woke white chick who's like black lives matter and all this. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, when is the last time you had a black friend over your house for dinner? Yep. When's the last time you went to go hang out with a friend who is Hispanic, who's Asian or like, you know, Asians are weird because we're like, we're that little model minority and we kind of sneak in a weird places. Like the whites <laughs> love us. The whites love us for sure. Yeah, Hispanics, it's it's a toss up. They either, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it dep- tell me what part of the country you're in, and then I'll tell you how how they feel. Mm. But uh, no, 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 I, dude, when I was in Louisiana, that actually reminds me of a story. So, literally, the worst person I've ever met in my life. I cannot stand this person. Um, was a friend of mine's girlfriend, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the reason I can't stand her. Number one, we're both very liberal people, okay? But she was like that kind of liberal, like the kind of liberal that even I'm like, oh my fucking God, you're exhausting. (laughs) And um, yeah, she was trying to argue with me about what it's like to be a Hispanic man because she's from Orange County, California. That was her argument. I'm from Orange County, California. So I think I know what it's like to be a Hispanic man. (laughs) And I'm like, you are a redheaded white girl you know nothing like stop it <laughs> you're like have you noticed that i am a hispanic man <laughs> oh no that that didn't matter to her she said that my experience doesn't matter because that's just one experience and she understands because she's spoken with several hispanic people and they disagree with me like, oh god like okay 
whatever floats your boat. Have, have oh, fun with God. that. <laughs> I mean, people bless their hearts, but I mean, but people really, and I, they want to feel good, right? They want to feel good about maybe the fact that they haven't cared in the past or, or they haven't really addressed some of those factors in the past. And I'm sympathetic because I don't think alienating white folks either is like a good thing, right? Like I actually think that's what led to Trump, right? Actually like feeling alienated and there wasn't a space for you, like, and that your needs and that you were the person that was being blamed for everything always like not to say that some of us not right or, but also i can understand why sentiment wise it would start to really like rile people up and make them feel like shit too right so like i think that any extremism in that point is is going to like foster some weird shit but yeah man like i don't know it, it's uh, the easiest way to come to an understanding with people is just to sit down and talk to them. And even if they're fucking annoy you being like, Hey, I really don't like your opinion, but I respect that you're telling me it. Right. Like, and not a lot of people are comfortable being honest. <laughs> I no. think that that's a big problem or they're comfortable being honest behind the computer, but not like in real life. Yeah, I, I had to learn that. So growing up, um, I was very much like a people pleaser that would like just try to tell people what they wanted to hear. So I, I had my own feelings about like political shit and whatever. And I would just stay quiet. Like whatever they were saying, I would just be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I started actually speaking out about it, I was like, Oh, so this is what this feels like. Okay. This is much better. Cool. Yeah. I, I enjoyed this. <laughs> well, good for you. You got to get your opinion. I mean, you should, everybody should, everybody should put their voice out there, but you know, it's not something immediate for most people. It, it is something that requires effort and, maybe I'm in a different position because I just have always talked a lot of shit and in multiple capacities. So, you know, when you have to get up and make a speech or like talk in front of people, you have to like, uh, well, you don't have to, because we've seen plenty of people who have no fucking clue what they're saying, but you have to at least attempt. I, I like to, as somebody who doesn't want to come off as a complete dipshit, um, like to at least know what I'm saying for sure. (laughs) I think one of the most important things that will ever happen to someone is being humiliated having a stupid opinion oh yes that that, sure. that that will teach you more than being right about anything ever will and i think oh that's a good one because i think like people are fear humiliation but like also if somebody checkmates you right and has a really good point and you you get humiliated then it makes you really think about like why do i think that right like or do i and and you may be like justified you may say like well i still fucking believe it i don't give a shit what you say right that's the thing you, you learn about who you are and what you actually believe at that point because if someone totally. brings up something that you can't argue you either like nope i'm the person that's going to stick to my guns or you're a person that's going to be like oh you're right okay maybe i'll maybe i'll listen to you a little more talk to me yeah you know dude totally <clears throat> well this this has been uh fun we've, we've done a lot of po- political talk i wasn't expecting that that's cool well listen um, yeah listen to my podcast everything's political yeah Season I, mean, I, was, two coming. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna ask you about your podcast so I've, I've listened to it a few times i enjoy the shit out of it i really do thank you how, how did you like start that what 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 brought that on well, um, for those of you listening, I spent most majority, I, I'll reinforce this. If you haven't, if you haven't caught on already, I spent a good majority of my career in music and specifically commentary wise and heavy metal music and rock music. And 
you know, I worked in hip hop and I started to kind of crack open a different world for me. And after I left Sirius XM, I did like a sex in the city kind of podcast with a girlfriend of mine who worked at Sirius. And that was fun. Cause that was the first time I got to like, talk about something I cared about. Right. Like, sure. and, and just kind of like show a different side of myself. And again, like that was like what, 2014, something like that. Or I don't even remember the years anymore. I feel like it's, it's all a blur. <laughs> yeah. It was like 2014 or something like that. And it was still nascent. Like podcasting was pretty nascent. And it was like, you can only record on a zoom mic. You could, you know, people didn't even see each other in podcasts. It was, which I love, honestly, like I don't need to be seen anymore. I'm so tired of being seen. Um, but sorry, you know, sorry about the zoom call. <laughs> oh, dude, no, 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 it's all good. I know. I love zoom for that, okay. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, now it's like a whole, epic production for every podcast. It has to have like all of these cuts and all this shit. And then like, I find it difficult, honestly, because it's like the medium is actually really nice when you think about extracting like the face, right? I, I think that there's something that, that about conversation that happens is so special when it's just audio and you only hear it through audio. Um, but alas, that's not the world we're living in anymore. Um, but when I, you know, when I cracked into that, I just started to really like grow a lust for like exploring other parts of my personality. And again, I had always been very multifaceted. I, I always remember like I was running our Facebook pages and, and, you know, Facebook was like a breeding ground for just bullshit. And people would be like, you listen to hip hop too. You're not metal. I'm like, Oh, give me a fucking, oh, give me a fucking break. Those I'm a musician. Fucking exhausting. Those yeah. I'm a so musician. Exhausting. And I honestly, like I grew Here's, here's a little tea. I grew very contentious of the fact that I was being put in a box, right? And I actually started to do a lot of music hosting outside of rock and metal and was like interviewing rappers, which comes naturally to me because I'm from the hood and I listen to hip hop too, right? Yeah. So I, I was starting to feel like I was really put into this little box that like, I did not want to live my whole life as the metal chick, right? Like that's just not my C's. And doesn't mean that I don't love fucking rock music and metal and the Deftones and Slayer and all that shit. Hell no. I still love those bands and I love metal and like, I will always champion it, but I think it's, it's just fucking nuts that people cannot see the multifacetedness of others. Right. And Agreed. in podcasts, I found a freedom. So you know, just started doing these women centric podcasts. And then I produced one for revolver magazine. I always, I always go back. My paid gigs always go back to like, um, rock and metal though, no matter what. And then recently I actually did a podcast with two friends of mine. Uh, again, the friend that I used to do a podcast with from Sirius and my friend doc, who's in a band called bad wolves. So like we ended up doing another metal and rock podcast, but it was fun because we were able to kind of dive into a lot of different topics that like, probably, you know, back in the day when I was doing more rock radio, you couldn't really talk about those things, right? It was like, yeah. you talk about music, maybe because I was a, a woman, we talk about dating and other things, but like, you couldn't really go into politics in those kind of areas. And it's always been at the forefront. And with all crazy shit that's been going on the last few years, I was like, I've been wanting to do a political podcast, but not just about politics or government, really about the political nature of life and how literally everything is political, right? Like, yeah. No matter what you do, whether you're finding a job, whether you're like trying to get your kids into a certain school, right? Like oh. all that shit, it matters. Like how you handle it matters. And I learned that more than ever working in corporate America, like <laughs> working in corporate America is political as fuck because money is political. Right. So, you know, in, in putting this podcast together, it was my pandemic baby. And I just 
you know, I was intimidated to interview people running for office and people who have really worked heavily in politics. And I love that. I love the fear of it. Right. And it's cool because I mix it up and I have different, I have different guests. Sometimes it's people who just have strong political views. Other times it's people who are, who are like, like doc who are musicians and have dealt with a lot of political like avenues to get where they are. Right. Like, so I just think it's fascinating to learn about how people get where they are and like the bullshit and the politics that they had to go through in order to do that. So I'm working on season two. Unfortunately, again, I have to do, you know, I moved. So it was so crazy. Um, And I wanted to take a little break and really think about like what, what political means this at this time and place right um so yeah i've just been working on it and we'll be back very soon i've I've got a bunch of like episodes banked already and i'm doing some more video stuff and in-person stuff thank god because we can be in person so i'm stoked for it man like it it really does give me a lot of life to be able to talk about these things in a meaningful way i can see it in your face when you talk about it like you just have this like perma smile when you talk Mm -hmm. that's that's really cool man i'm i'm I, I enjoyed I enjoy the podcast. Um, being totally honest with you, I've only heard a couple episodes, but I love what I've heard so far. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you found something that's like a that suits you where you are right now. That's 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 super cool, man. Seriously, we all change. We all change, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and if you're not changing, I I think you're sus. <laughs> if you're not changing, I'm like, what's going on there, you know? Or like, what are you doing on the low that you're not showing? By the way, it's getting dark, as you can see. Like, if you're listening. <laughs> It's literally getting dark. So I keep getting like darker and darker, I but saw, I saw the sun coming down and I'm like, Oh, Zena's like not there anymore. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I'll, I'll take my face off actually. <laughs> it's like less awkward. I like sitting in the dark. Is that weird? Like, I don't no, not at all. You're good. No, like, um, yeah, I, I know what you mean though, about like podcasting is fucking hard. Like this show, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I picked this as my avenue. Like, uh, strangers where like I literally interview people I don't know um, because there's not a whole lot of editing and shit I have to do I really don't um, I put the episodes up pretty much how they are unless you know whoever I'm talking to says hey can you take that part out I didn't really feel comfortable sharing that cool um, but I like to keep awkward silences in and like if I ramble or what have you because it's people meeting for the first time like people are fucking awkward when they meet other people for the first time for the most part you don't know that person so um that's been like a, a fun part for me is listening back and being like oh okay I was a little awkward there or you know something like that it's it's yeah podcasting is weird it's it's very hard but my <laughs> other my other show uh it's about shitty jobs that one I edit and that one's it's tough man <laughs> it's hard <laughs> not a shitty not, jobs like what, what's the premise of it yeah not not to uh not to like plug anything i guess it is go ahead and plug it yeah why not do it but no yeah it's called shitty jobs uh me and a childhood friend of mine we both have had a plethora of shit jobs in our lives and um i actually was talking with him and we were just reminiscing about you know the restaurant industry and i i've been in corporate america i've been in sales i've done everything like that we're like dude we should do a fucking podcast about this because everyone's had a shitty job at least one in their life and lo and behold like we reached out to people and dude everyone's like Fuck yeah, dude. I want to talk about it. Let's talk about trauma. Let's do this. Come on. <laughs> you know. I mean, shitty jobs, believe me. The, the uh, battle wages on, right? <laughs> the battle wages on with shitty jobs. Like, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a pretty common thread for a lot of people. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, at least you're doing, I mean, it seems like you're putting this podcast out like week over week and pretty consistently, which is impressive because honestly, booking guests and like getting things together is pretty fucking hard. It's not that easy. 
No, I, I thought it was going to be much easier than it was. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's like sometimes I'll have five or six interviews in a week and then other times I won't have one for two or three weeks. Like it's, well, it's weird. That's it's why you got to bank. Yeah. <laughs> that's I why I'm banking right now. I know, dude, it's, it's, it's really tough. And I don't know, like I've done so many podcasts at this point, like it is hard. Like it's hard to gain, to gain steam for it. And it is hard to keep up momentum and energy on a personal level for it. Right. Unless you're really stoked on it. And you know, sometimes it pops off. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes like, I don't know, I've done podcasts with multiple other people, which is always fun because I love bantering and being an asshole. But then I also like, like being alone because sometimes you just want to have intimate conversations. So I think like having a little bit more of a free form situation is like more accepted now because back in the day, it was very like, oh my God, like, you know, it was like, you must have at least an hour. It must be like formatted this kind of way. And, and all of that shit requires production and experience and like being able to do that. And like, you know, cause you're a singer and a guitar player. Like, honestly, if I didn't have my music experience, I would not be able to edit and do all the shit. And I honestly pay people to edit now because I'm like, I just don't have the time. Like I'm running, I'm running like a global, you know, a part of a global company and I'm running a nonprofit and trying, you know, to stay married and <laughs> you're being a badass, dude. That's yeah. what you're doing. Trying you're to do all this other shit and, you know, like get lazy and do nothing sometimes. So like it definitely, <laughs> you got balance. The balance is key. The balance is key. No, dude, I, I completely agree. It's number one. I commend you because you're, you're, like I said, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So the, when I hear you talk and I see all the things that you're doing, I'm like, dude, good for you. Like, just hats off to you because you you got the podcast going. I know you have a day job. I know you're busy and doing stuff. You're married. Like fucking there's only 24 hours in a day. And you know, it's, it's crazy how they uh, fill up really fast. So my hats off to you, man. Definitely. But you know, there's 24 hours in a day. Like if you look at the other side of it. Right. And I think yeah. as I get in deeper into my thirties, you know, when I was younger, I'd go out a lot and drink and hang out with friends, get fucked up and like spend my days like, and, and I don't take it back because I had so many great times. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but yeah, but like now I realize that I want to optimize every moment and be working towards something in those moments, you know? So, I mean, that's what happens when you get older. You realize the time is limited. People have died around me. Right. right. So I want to make sure that I'm leaving a legacy that I can be proud of. And if I died tomorrow, then at least people like would know what I stood for and who I was and what I, and like what I try to put out to the universe. And that ain't fucking easy. <laughs> well, I, I definitely commend you for that. I do. Um, Zena, this has been a blast. Um, I've, I've, I've loved having you on. This has been really cool. I'm happy we got to talk. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find the podcast, find you on social media, anything like that? Find me on social media and you'll find every one of my 20 side projects. Um, <laughs> at Zena Coda, Z-E-E-N-A-K-O-D-A. Not like the warrior princess because fuck that bitch for stealing my thunder. <laughs> That's like me with Furby. I'm like Furby, F-E-R-B-I-E. I'm not like those little fucking toys, okay? <laughs> by the way okay sidebar before we go i was in a little like antique shop in winter garden florida today and it was like this cool place they had like little like old lamps and hutches and stuff like that do you know what they had in an antique store they had a collection of furby dolls new oh my god the 90s. i should have taken a fucking picture of these things guess how much each one of them were going for these are first edition ones hundreds of dollars $295 a piece. Oh, dude, that is a classic. Yeah. 
I'm it's like, a classic. Fuck, man. I should have bought some of these fucking things. Those oh, eyes look like they're possessed by demons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Th- those things are, are terrifying. I, uh, yeah. Bane of my existence, those toys. Fuck you, Hasbro, or whoever made those. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Zena, thank you so much for being on. This is a blast. Thank you for having me. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening.